the blast from our past network. Podcasting After Dark presents TV Obscura, a deep dive into underrated and unknown television shows from our youth. Cartoons, sitcoms, cop shows, and much more. Sit back and enjoy some nostalgic fun with TV Obscura. Three, two, one. I love how your eyes are closed, Corey. Like you look like uh, you're gonna catch the sword. Well, because I, because yeah. <laughs> I found out early on that if I had my eyes open, I would watch Zach. So I just kind of tried to mentally do it with him. I know. I totally get what you're doing. Yeah, but like, it looks, like it you, looks like silly. when I, when you don't, like I look at you, I'm like, it looked like you're about to try to catch the sword. <laughs> <Hi-ya>! <laughs> No, you know what he's he's waiting for a starfall. Dude, I found a new love for that song in season two. Season two of Royal Gemstones. It's they make great use of that song and it's fantastic. Okay. Never heard of that. I mean I've always loved that song. There's never a moment where I didn't love it. So good times. Good times. And now back to Podcasting After Dark presents TV Obscura. Corey, what the hell is that green thing in your room? Well, I just left. It just it actually shot out the window and I see some sort of weird uh ectoplasmic oh I think that's your own. That's <clears> mine. <throat> Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. What's up everybody? Welcome to this month's episode of Podcasting After Dark presents TV Obscura. I am one third of the TV Obscura team. Corey, aka Sleazy C, joined with me as always are my two brothers from other mothers, Zach the Total Snackage Schaefer, and A Diallo the Armageddon Jackson. What's up, boyos? First off, thank you so much for letting me pick the lineup for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Very much appreciate both of you. Um, As you all heard on the last episode, it's my birthday month. Yay! (laughs) They say it's your birthday. Oh, here here come the high school uh, choir singers to sing your song. (laughs) Happy birthday to you, Durang. Get the fuck out of the classroom now. Hated those choral singers. But happy birthday. <laughs> Thank it's your you. birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Next next month, uh, since it's March, we're gonna we're gonna have a show full of uh, racist Irish tropes. So that's yes. gonna be the uh Ooh. it's gonna be the payback, I guess. That's right, that's right. But uh so I picked this because I picked an all Ghostbusters episode because real Ghostbusters is my favorite cartoon of all time. Um, I also found a new love for Extreme Ghostbusters within the last five or six years after watching it on uh, Hulu one time, like the whole season. It's no longer there, I don't believe. Um, And then as of today, I have a newfound love for the filmation Ghostbusters that came out that Zach and Diallo, as long as we've been friends, have championed that show. But to me, it kind of fell on deaf ears. Until tonight, where I kind of watched the uh, the original series, the the live action show, and kind of coupled it with the uh, the cartoon, and I, I saw things that I really enjoyed, and and I'm really, really looking forward to diving into all of these shows with you guys. But uh, first and foremost, Diallo, how's it going, buddy? How's how's your month going? 
Uh, it's going great. <laughs> All right. <laughs> He's been productive, but it's keeping it secret. <laughs> good, He's got good. A secret. <laughs> Working in the lab. I, I know how it goes, buddy. I know how it goes. You, you keep, uh, keep things close to the heart until it's ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, and I, and yeah. I appreciate that because I, I've never been a big fan of talkers. I appreciate doers. And if there's one thing that Diallo is, that's a doer. Zach, yeah, he's, do, he's a do. talker on the other hand, though. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. <laughs> just, That's true. Just, I am. Just fucking with you, man. <laughs> I am a talker. I'm a talker. I'm a walker. I'm a street hide stalker. There's a lot of music coming out of me tonight. It is. What the hell's going on? It's going to be a very musical episode. A and, lot of toots. Well, there is. <laughs> uh, how's it going talk with like you, this buddy? All night. Oh, it's going great. I'm just going to go. You're going to be for Tracy. For those that can speak. Yeah, for those that can speak ape, uh, I've had a very busy month, and it's been good. It's been good. We're, we're recording this early, and uh, uh, like a couple days early, and I just got finished editing the Phantasm episode yesterday, so I've pretty much listened to Zach for like six hours <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> I like to talk, guys. You know I like to talk. I like to listen. I'm a listener. That's right. I'm a good listener, too. <laughs> um, I hear you. I hear you. Mm, before hear you. before we jump into this, normally, you know, you we will all sort of pick the things that are our favorite. But, you know, I picked Real Ghostbusters. Um, Zach took Extreme Ghostbusters and Diallo took Ghostbusters. But if you guys, like, at the top of this, what's... You don't have to say which one's your favorite, but just give a very quick, like, did you watch all three? Did you only watch one or the other? Just a real quick overview of the three Ghostbusters shows. Uh, Zach, what what are yours? I've watched all three. Uh, I grew up watching Filmation Ghostbusters and continue to watch it when Bodhi was, uh, gosh, three and four years old. So I re- Got like got reinvigorated with Filmation Ghostbusters. Uh, watched the original real Ghostbusters back in the day religiously, and then stopped watching, and then restarted watching it again maybe about five years ago. And then Extreme Ghostbusters I hadn't seen really all that much uh, since I was in, well since it came out, and I'm bummed about that because there's a lot to love with that as well. So I kind of equally love all three, maybe like uh, Filmation a little bit more just from the nostalgia perspective, because uh, I love me some Filmation. You know, speaking in a language that you two would understand, I think we're all pretty big marks for uh, Filmation over here, um, anything they put out. I think they get a bad rap, too. Uh, Filmation has put out quality animation at a time when it was a lot harder to do it than it is now. Who's giving them a bad rap? <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of chatter. There's a lot of chatter. I, at least I, I remember Filmation Ghostbusters used to kind of get shit on in the circles that uh around people. If if it ever got brought up around me, you know, people would be like, "Oh, it's not that it's not the it's not the original real Ghostbusters. It's it, uh, it's it's, you know, kind of shitting on it without even knowing what to shit on." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And Filmation puts out, like, original stuff, even if it's kind of influenced by other properties. You know, that if you go down the list of all the Filmation cartoons that they've done from Fat Albert to Brave Star, it's all unique. And there's not too many. I think Disney's probably the only uh, production company that has put out as much content as Filmation has. Maybe Warner Brothers, but 
or Hanna-Barbera. Sorry, Hanna-Barbera. Yeah, but, un- uh, unfortunately, to back up Zach's statement, I've heard the same thing. I don't want to throw anyone in particular under the bus, Adam, but <laughs> I've... <laughs> <laughs> I was but about to I, say, uh, I, I, yeah, like I, knew I who But I have heard from younger people that I don't think there's as much of an. If you didn't grow up with the filmation stuff from the 80s, uh, I, I think there's an underappreciation of that. But I think people from our group who grew up in that era, we love fucking filmation and, and Deke, of course, as well. Um, Hanna Barbera as well. Um, it's I I I think fam- filmation is fantastic. Um, and when I was younger, I, I wish I'd given uh, Ghostbusters a bit more of a shot than I did. Because I, I fell into what you were talking about. Let, let's be honest. I was one of those people, dude. It's okay. No, I, I was just going to uh, kind of edit my last statement as far as their their slate of original content. I'd say they're like the, uh, the, the renegade family uh, animated company. Like they put out family friendly animation, but they were like a renegade kind of rogue independent company when the, the big companies, Hanna-Barbera and Walt Disney were doing it and everyone pops boners over them. Rightfully so. I get it. I'm not bashing them at all, but I think filmation needs to be held in the hot, in that same regard. I think the younger people don't get it because their intention spans are super short. As, as Jean-Claude Van Damme said in Bloodsport, you got to have an open mind uh, <laughs> to this stuff, you know, and just and, and also step back into the time machine of like 19 early 1980s, late 70s, early 80s. It was totally different back then. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, I mean, yeah. they didn't grow up with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no. yeah. 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 And there's, there's always like a there's always an element of looking back on what came before you and like looking down on it. I mean, I, when I was growing up, I used to do that with the, some of the stuff that my, like my mother always used to watch like black and white musicals and stuff. And I used to crap, yeah. crap on all that stuff all the time. And when I got older, I actually appreciated it more, but you know, you just, you think, you think you're hip and your stuff is better just cause it's better and whatever. So it's, it's interesting what you're saying, Zach, because like Ghostbusters to me, the filmation cartoon is a little different um, than all the other content that filmation came out with because that one was getting judged against this really popular movie franchise. But we all like a lot of the stuff that we grew up with, like all my friends, like we all loved. Well, I hated Brave Star, but like Brave Star, yeah, I and yeah. I know you did, like everybody, you know, but I just, I hated it. But um, but they like all those, you know, um, I mean, I love Shazam and like um, there there's tons of cartoons that they had out that we all watched and nobody, as far as I know, ever was like, oh, these are lame compared to Hanna-Barbera or whatever, Warner Brothers or Disney. Um, I think that Filmation doesn't get a lot of love now simply because it's like not in existence anymore. Like it yeah. didn't. Like if it still was a player, then it, we would see their IP still, and we yeah. there probably would be more reverence for it than than there is. So no, that's so. my take, <laughs> and I'm out. See you guys. Say, see you guys <laughs> next month. Bye, bye, buddy. <laughs> I was gonna say too, Diallo. Are you a fan of uh, Black Star? Oh yeah, Black Star, Black Star was like. 
like I think we've talked about it before, like the whole concept with the sword and um, like I they carried that over into Masters of the Universe. And I was disappointed yep. when they didn't carry keep that part up with the two halves of the sword. But yeah, I love Black Star and, um, you know, the little Hobbit guys and, you know, the I, original Avenger looking guy that they had. Yep. Yeah. I would love to do a, a Black Star and combined with Galtar. Um, do you guys remember that and one? Brave Star. Mm-hmm. And Brave Star. And Brave Star. And Brave Star. So I'll take Brave Star. You take Galtar. Diallo takes Black Star. Well, Done. Well, the the problem with that is, I remember I was going to do Galtar, but I had to do uh, Pirates of of Darkwater mm-hmm. because you can't fucking can't find, find Galtar, Galtar anywhere. Like yeah. not I'll on Daily Motion, that. not on fucking I feel YouTube. Like, nothing. I feel like we should put David Irons on the on the case. <laughs> David, you, I know you're listening, buddy. Get us Galtar. <laughs> David's like, what? What the fuck is a Galtar? He owes me. He owes me. Oh, no, actually, he paid me back already. I was about to say he owes me because I, I figured out that one uh, cartoon for him once uh, a while ago that he couldn't remember. Uh, C- cash in that debt. Yeah, yeah. But he 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 paid because he helped us with the uh, uh, werewolf. So he we're, did. We're all he good. very much did. Yeah. Um, Galtar, Galtar is available uh, via DVD. Oh, and Hanna Barbera. Okay, okay. Maybe we'll. All right, if it's out there on DVD, maybe we can actually get it then. Yep, you can get it. Un- unfortunately, I just checked in. Extreme Ghostbusters is not out on DVD. That was a that when we get shame. to when we get to that at the tail end. Yeah, there's a lot to talk that, about in the and not in a good way for Extreme Ghostbusters in, in a sad way. Yeah, and but more. Come on, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, Diallo, real quick, uh, all three of them, did you watch all three of them in real time? Did you find them later in life? Uh, I never watched, uh, the only one I never watched was Extreme Ghostbusters, uh, and, uh, I didn't watch it, I, I, I don't even know what year was it? 97. 97. 90, I was like, it was like, like, it kind of felt like it was a little, like, mid to late 90s, but yeah, I didn't watch it. Can't really tell you why, I just know I wasn't, it didn't look like it appealed to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like, a, you know, the, the early to like mid nineties animation just, just wasn't a fan of it. And I, I remember you saying that when we've talked about men in black and, and the tick and whatnot, yeah. you've never been a, a big fan of that, that nine mid to late nineties animation style. Yeah. And it wasn't nice. until, it wasn't until the early two thousands when I think I started getting back into some animation again. And it was because they started to adopt the uh, more anime style. Like when the, the masters of the universe cartoon and some other stuff came out, then it was like, everything started to look good to me again. And then I, I started watching a lot more of it, but yeah, that whole era to me just, it does not quite appealing. So I never watched it. Um, but the other two, obviously I, I watched them in real time and I love, both of those um you know the uh the real ghostbusters uh, better uh but i i used to watch the filmation one like every morning or whatever and loved it so okay well can't rem- can't remember anything any episodes <laughs> <laughs> except, for, except for the ones we watched today yeah well, but i'll talk i'll talk about like well, what the elements of it that like appeal to me so yeah so i mean i was gonna say i mean you're you're kicking us off with uh ghostbusters because it's uh it's based on the 1975 show um that we also sort of watched so we can have a discussion about that as well um so you're gonna we're gonna have you kick it off with the ghostbusters yes so i'm doing the ghostbusters which Came out in 1986 um, by Filmation, obviously. It had 65 episodes. It was really weird. Reading up on it, it said that 
debuted uh, September. It was on from September to like December, but it had 65 episodes. So I don't know if they just like cranked all of them out or whatnot. Obviously, they were in reruns uh, for forever after that. Um, and it was a sequel to a 1975 live action um, Ghostbusters that was on CBS. That show only ran for 15 episodes. Apparently, it was the second most popular uh, filmation show um, behind Shazam and Isis. And um, it could have been renewed, but they decided to put all their money toward uh, Shazam and Isis, which I'm grateful for because... I loved Shazam and Isis. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you do. We discussed it before uh, on the show, and didn't uh, Lou Scheimer uh, uh, produced the yeah. live action show as well as the yeah. filmation animated one? Yeah, and he did Lou Scheimer and Norm Prescott. Yeah, and he actually did a voice uh, on this on the live action one too, um, or was it the cartoon? Anyway. Uh, he, he did. A, he was um, Lou Scheimer was the voice of Attack Track on He Man. Oh, was he? Oh, mm-hmm. wow. He was the voice of a lot of characters, lot, yeah. yeah. And then his his daughter became a voice care, voice actor as well. Oh, cool. So Nepotism. Yeah. In 1984, there is a little uh, not very well-known uh, indie film called Ghostbusters um, <laughs> that was by Columbia Pictures. And they were making the film. And I don't think they kind of realized when they initially were making it that um another property had the rights to it so they ended up getting um like the name rights from or at least like leasing the name rights from um filmation for a pretty hefty amount um so that that movie came out and then filmation offered to do an animated version of the the ghostbusters movie ghostbuster or columbia turned them down and went with Deke to make that cartoon, which we all know and love. And then Filmation decided, since the movie came out and was really popular, they were going to make an animated cartoon based on their original show. Um, So basically, the live-action show um, had two characters and and an ape, right? And the... And I wasn't really aware of this until I watched the the pilot uh, episode of the cartoon, but it's basically a sequel. I always just thought it was like a sort of like a reboot or a remake, but it actually stars the two sons of the two yep. characters in the original live action. And I, yep. I think I didn't know that either. So I think you and I came to the same uh, realization at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I think me watching uh, an episode of the original show before watching the cartoon and then seeing that connection, mm-hmm. it, en- it helped me engage more with that yeah. property. I remember watching the or when it first came out as the animated form, I understood that it, there was a live action show back then. We didn't have as easy access to like watch older stuff. I never really saw yeah. it on video or anything. And I think I remember seeing like still images of the old show. So I saw the two characters um, from the old show. So I just assumed that it was just sort of like this updated reboot version of the characters. But then as I started watching it, um, the past 
couple days, I was like, how did they get this blonde guy from one of the characters in the original show? And then as I'm watching the cartoon, I understood that they, that they were their sons. Yeah. And then and like funny. everything clicked after that moment yeah <laughs> for me yeah um yeah so anyways yeah it's uh it stars the the cartoon um stars jake kong jr and eddie spencer jr and they're the sons of the og gbs i i, I made that up um <laughs> <laughs> and they had a gorilla uh named tracy that was in the uh original that uh the live action they, that character carries over to uh to this one um they hang out in the uh their base called ghost command um and it's like kind of like a new york city uh it, it obviously when you look at it you could tell that they're you know no pun intended, aping on um, the the real Ghostbusters uh, firehouse in the city in New York. Yep. Um, and it's just, I it, it, to me, it's only noteworthy after watching the live action because the live action show definitely was not that. It was more like a clubhouse, um, kind of like Pee Wee's Playhouse kind of kind of look. Um, yeah, that, and it was that the original one too was kind of interesting watching it because it gave me I don't know if you guys have really watched um, any of like the Sid Marty Croft uh, shows. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it gave me more of a vibe of that than it did like a Shazam or something like that. Yeah, um, the to me that 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 TV show, the live action one, uh, Ghostbusters. It felt like a cartoon, but in live action form. Yeah. A lot of visual gags, a lot of gags that you could tell were aimed towards kids. But I thought a couple of them actually landed. I actually thought it was it was pretty cute and, yeah. and fun. Um, but yeah, I, it's definitely it's definitely of its time. That's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I laughed. <laughs> I actually laughed and chuckled a bit. And I don't know yeah. if it's, I didn't know if it was because I was surprised that it was funny or if it was actually funny. It could yeah. tell. There were there were definitely like these like there were a lot of jokes and skits that had been done a billion times by now, but that was kind of like the way things were back in the day. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so they had a they had like a main nemesis and his, whose name was Prime Evil and Prime uh, Evil. Yeah, he was like he got zapped. They uh, they found him. He got zapped and uh, they trapped him. Uh, and then a hundred years in the future, he gets out and he tra- they he vows to travel back in time to go back and fight. But it's a very complicated plot. And his base yeah. is like <laughs> his va- his base is like in the fifth dimension or something. Kind of got it, it was a lot more weird than I remembered. Actually, I didn't remember all of that stuff. I just um, the main part for me was um, and I, it, it's kind of a feature of. God, I think we've talked about this before, like Bionic 6 or we haven't done Voltron or anything like that. But there was like all those cartoons in the 80s always had like the transformation sequence. Uh, yeah. Like Gatchaman, like all that stuff. And I watching this, that's I was like, oh, this is why I watched it every week. Because it was just whenever they um, had to go uh, on their missions, they would high five, say, let's go Ghostbusters and then go into this little secret 
weird uh, acid trippy uh, area where they would yeah. tra- change their costumes and jump on couches and do all this stuff and their uniforms would change and they get in their special car and then the car could drive but then it could fly and it traveled in time and it was like it was all over the place but uh <laughs> um yeah so that's uh i mean that's all i really got for this <laughs> show <laughs> i don't like there's no like i don't really remember like any story arcs or any episodes that really stuck out to me it just i used to i used to kind of watch it but it was a show that i remember kind of like i will call it dead watching where it just was on it it always came on and i would watch it but it wasn't like i sat down because i was like i gotta watch the show it just kind of was like on between stuff or like uh, you know it was late morning and i was waiting for something else to come on after so but I, i i did used to watch every day i probably came on like right before jim and the holograms and so, you know, that's uh, <laughs> had to watch that. Fuck so, yeah, dude. Jim yeah. the Hogger is rocks, man. I yeah, fucking that love was, that cartoon. That was, that's my, that was, that's the show <laughs> I sat down to watch every, every <laughs> That's <morning>. awesome. <laughs> uh, Zach, what are, what are your thoughts on Ghostbusters? A lot, because I remember watching this show religiously. The, the toy line was amazing for this. The toy line, the toy line for almost all filmation shows were great. Is whether you like Brave Star or not, you have to admit that the toy line for Brave Star was really cool. I don't have to admit that. <laughs> yes, you do. I do yes, not. Do. I, don't. Um, I don't. You know, obviously, He Man. He Man was their big meal ticket, uh, but Filmation Ghostbusters came out at an interesting time because 1987 things started changing. They weren't like they weren't animation wasn't looking like filmation anymore it was getting more you know we're 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 post gi joe even right so it's getting a little bit more anime they're outsourcing animation overseas so it's not hand-drawn you're not getting those same you know filmation's known for and diallo talked about this when we talked about flash gordon way back when reusing scenes or reusing uh you know motion scenes for characters and that was kind of outdated i think for but as a kid i loved it i think i liked the nostalgia even when i watched it way back when um that the the transformations the transformation sequence that the 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 three main characters had was great they did do that every episode and it was it took up Diallo, right? It yeah. took up a, almost like two minutes yeah, of time. Yeah, it, it was a in, really long like sequence. And I was like, watching it in this episode, I kind of was like, if this had come out today, they wouldn't have shown it over and over again. But no. as I was watching this pilot one, I was like, yeah, like I started... Oh yeah, that's right. He goes on the he goes on the little bed spring, and his clothes disintegrate or whatever. And they turn into his yeah. uniform, and that was every episode. Like they did the whole sequence. Yeah, every single time. Yeah, yeah. And so it ate up a lot of time. But that's classic for filmation. Mm-hmm. Every He Man episode, they had the full long transformation. You know, so because it ate up a couple minutes of time, which is not. I don't complain about it now, but I think back then as a kid, I was like. Okay, come on, let's let's go. Let's get it's to the so action. It's so funny because I I wanted that every episode. Like, did you? Yeah, 
Like when I watched yeah. Voltron, if he didn't change, we were like, <laughs> you were gypped. <laughs> we were having, we were gonna fight. I was fighting somebody. I, I think I think uh, the storylines in the in the in the filmation Ghostbusters. I was so in, engaged as a kid. I think I still kind of am because the original the the pilot episode, uh, I'll be a son of a Ghostbuster, was written by Tom. Tataranowitz, um, who is a He-Man staple. I think he did both the, the bulk of his writing with uh, during for the Masters of the Universe uh, show. I think Tom Sisto uh, is another guy who or Sito, S-I-T-O. He would pop up a lot on He-Man as well. Um, those guys wrote really strong episodes of the real Ghostbusters show. Um you know, they had the same tropes that He-Man had. They had the moral message, kids getting kidnapped or there was a drug deal or something like that, like stuff that they would do in uh, Fat Albert. I loved all that stuff. It wasn't enti- it wasn't super violent. I did. I loved the, the weapons that the, the main characters had, like the, the ghost catching weapons that they had. Those were really cool. It's like it blasted them back to Primeval's uh, lair. That's where they basically started over, kind of like a video game. I'll go back really quick to the toys. Um, you know, they had like the full layer, the hangout of the Ghostbuster characters. It was so cool looking. Their buggy, their Ghostbusting, Ghostbusting buggy, which I did have uh, back in the day, was so cool. It that had was like different changes. Super cool. I love. It was that super thing. cool, yeah. and it talked. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's super fantasy based. And I think what you said, Corey, in the opening, the fact that they had this main character like a Skeletor every episode trying to defeat them. And then they would sprinkle in the new ones. You know, they'd have a skeleton character or a werewolf or a witch. They would bring in new characters every now and then, which were, I think, turned into action figures. They had, you know, two female. uh, They had a a female good guy and and a female bad guy. And they made figures out of those, which was also kind of unheard of at the time. Most like quote unquote boy toys did not have female toys. I think He-Man and this Ghostbuster line were the some of the few, you know, uh, so that was refreshing to see. I love this show. I think it still holds up. I think it's a uh, nostalgically fun. You can find all the episodes on YouTube, which yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, I have the DVD box set of volume one. They, they're ridiculously overpriced on eBay, mm-hmm. uh, but the original box set has the pilot episode to the Ghostbusters live action series, which, yeah, it's so nostalgically fun. Um, the, the one that I think Diallo or Corey, I, I forget who sent it to to us, but um, th- there's great commercials on there. Yeah. Like there's, yeah. I forgot about the marathon candy bar. Yeah. I was like, oh, I love the marathon candy bar. It made me feel like that was when candy bars marketed, like eat this candy bar. It's good for you. Yeah. You know? Um, and I love that in the pilot episode or the, the, uh, the opening credits of the live action series, they're showing the cast and they're telling who's playing who, but then they get to Tracy and they go, Tracy, 
trained by Bob Burns. Yeah, I noticed that too. <laughs> that I was, was like, amazing. I, I was like, that. that's cool. That's neat. Like, keep the keep the illusion alive, you know? Yeah, man. And like, you know, we need more illusion nowadays. Everything everything is like pull the veil down. Oh, know the secrets. It's funny. I literally just watched um, when I was I was at the gym on the treadmill. I watched this thirty minute YouTube like documentary of Alf. And that was one of Alf's biggest things was that when they were filming that show, they never referred to him as a puppet. They even in like even in rehearsals, you could never refer to Alf as a puppet. It had to be Alf. Like you had to refer to him as a as him um, when and when when they would go on promotions and stuff. Or the reason you actually don't see a lot of promotions for Alf uh, outside of the show is because they just that was the mandate. You never broke kayfabe with with <laughs> Alf. It was always Alf was his own entity. Um, and Alf. and so that I I saw that with uh, with Tracy. <laughs> And I was like trained by Bob Burns, but of, of course Bob Burns is who's playing him. But yeah. the, you know they were so—you could tell they were so proud of that suit. It's actually for 1975 TV. It's actually a pretty good fucking gorilla costume. You know, it has a lot of moving parts to it and stuff. So I can see why I, I like that they kind of did that. You know, I I like that too. I like that too. And then obviously when they carry it over into the cartoon, Tracy is more of a, you know, animated character, literally and figuratively. Um, but in the theme song to the Ghostbusters, I know, again, this is like, forget it. Online people complain, but I love the theme song to the Ghostbusters cartoon, the filmation Ghostbusters cartoon to the point where I I was playing on my playlist when I was younger. Um, it's super entertaining and it's haunting. It's got like a Halloween vibe to it. They never did like a. I was hoping they'd do a Christmas episode. They didn't do, I think, any uh, themed episodes, unfortunately. But yeah, you, you do yourself a favor and go out and seek it out. Well, the good news is, like Zach mentioned, um, I posted you know all, all the links to uh, to the shows we're talking about tonight on our Patreon for free, like we always do. But I did include the link to the live action show, and it's the one that has the commercials from from 1975. So guys and gals, watch it if only for the commercials. <laughs> I didn't know that the uh, the Olympics sponsored a Barbie toy, <laughs> right? Dude, I, I saw that too. It's like holy Barbie shit. was like I wrote uh, Dar- Barbie has some dope ish man. She had the Townhouse, yeah, was that, that townhouse, that three-story townhouse, three-story townhouse, and the the ski slope was just that was ridiculous, dude. Th- y- people talk about '80s toys and like consumerism stuff. Uh, those two play sets that they showed off in 1975 were massive. I have never seen another Barbie set as big as that fucking three-story townhouse. It has a freaking elevator in it. Yeah, that was crazy. I will, I will say that the filmation. Um, uh, house that that they made somebody on on ebay is selling the entire lot of uh, the bone troller which is what um uh you know it's like the main vehicle for the bad guy uh all the vehicles the the buggy which comes with wings and the the base uh, for like four grand, it's ridiculous. Jesus, that's uh, insane. But it is so dope. I mean, like the the toys are so cool looking. It's a reminder of way back when. You know, uh, Fisher Price made a Sesame Street uh, playset back in the day. Back in the that day, looked yeah. like the 
and I ha- I love that playset. I miss yeah. playsets. Yeah, totally forgot play sets about for that. Toys. Yeah. I, I think um, I had that when I was a kid, dude. I remember yeah. I remember that Sesame Street one. If you go online and just search uh, Filmation Ghostbuster Toys, it, it's like a treasure trove of just like great stuff. So, anyways, I'm done blabbing about how much I love this. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> and Corey. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, like I said, you know, I I grew up loving real Ghostbusters. I didn't watch this, and I poo-pooed it without knowing. You know, I was a kid. I was dumb. Um, I wasn't a big <laughs> fan of it. But, you know, I've watched a couple episodes with Zach and, and I think Diallo in the past, and it, it didn't quite click, you know. But, you know, as I get older, I feel more and more nostalgic and everything. And like I said, I think watching that live-action show right before it, it definitely helped because – I was like, you know, I don't know if I was just in the mood for it or ready for it, but I was like, this is this is kind of fun. I'm like, I'm kind of vibing with the live action show, and then I just went right into the first episode of the the, the cartoon, uh, "I'll Be a Son of a Ghostbuster," that is the title, and right away I was like, oh, there's the dads. Oh, the dads were the oh, and that's how it's connected. Oh, that's cool. And then, uh, like I said. That kind of engaged me. I was like, that's real. That's a neat concept. And then the whole time travel thing is, is just wild. Um, and it's, it is kind of complicated, but, you know, it's for kids. It's it's layers of fun that they've added to it and, and mythos and things. And, you know, the things that matter, like the designs of the villains, like fucking Mysteria and Apparitia and Futura, all the all the female villains and heroes were fucking hot. Um, yep. Really well designed. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed the hell out of the, the main characters as well. Um, but I just... And then, like, really, what really hit me is having an actual antagonist. You know, like like a Skeletor-type character that can actually come every episode and do something. You realize that it's quite remarkable that the real Ghostbusters and the 1986, uh, 1984 Ghostbusters movie, it's remarkable that they don't have, like, a proper antagonist, which is really, really weird because, I mean, Diallo, you'll, you'll know. Screenwriting 101 is your hero is only as good as their antagonist. So it's it's like it's weird that they made it so long without having a proper one. But having um, uh, Primeval was really cool. Having like, you know, sidekicks for Primeval was really cool. I found myself kind of enjoying the ghost designs and and the villain, the rogues gallery, uh, maybe a bit more than I enjoyed the Ghostbusters themselves, but I still enjoyed the Ghostbusters. Um, Yeah, I I thought it was fun. And the animation's great. And, you know, now that I'm a stoner, whereas when I was a kid, I wasn't. (laughs) The transformation scene is wild, man. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. bro. Fucking roll a fucking doobie and watch that (laughs) shit, man. It is. uh, I could watch it for days now. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's really cool. And the animation's beautiful. You know, I, I like like I said, all three of us are marked from for, for filmation, and, and that's me included. Um, I do want to really quick call out some of the guests that were on uh, the 15 episodes of that first uh, series. Um, you have Ted Knight played uh, played uh, played I guess a villain. Um, Jim Backus, you know, who played uh, who was in Gilligan's Island, uh, was in it. Um, Mr. Also, Magoo. Mr. Yep. Yeah, Mr. Magoo. You also have Philip Bruns, who Zach we saw in Return of the Living Dead Part Two. He played the Doctor in in that. Oh one. yeah. Okay. Yep. And so yeah, it's just like a bunch of just random you know celebrities. Uh, uh, Bernie Coppell from Love Boat w- was mm. on it as well. So you know it, they had 
they they were doing things, but they only did things for 15 episodes, unfortunately. So, well, and you brought up to the the having a strong antagonist in Primeval, and and Ghostbusters kind of lacking that. What would you say? Sam Hain was probably the most strongest of all the. Um, uh, or the most well-known as kind of being the main villain of Ghostbusters. Yeah, but, I mean, he only showed up, I think, twice. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, also memorable was the Boogeyman, that the big-headed one that Egon was scared of as a kid. That, so there were, like, some notable episodes of real Ghostbusters that featured strong villains, but you never really got to latch on to them because they would just be busted by the end of it, you know, by the end of the episode. Yeah, so I think m- my personal theory as to why I liked having a major antagonist on a show, i.e. Cobra Commander, Skeletor, Skeletor yeah. um, is is having, when you play with your toys, and having the the battle mean something versus just going off and on a quest in a random adventure. I think that's what I always found lacking a little bit in D&D, where I like wanted to have a main guy versus a you know, oh, I'm fighting a dragon now. Oh, I'm fighting a ghost now, you know. And to that point, I only owned the the four real Ghostbusters action figures. I never bought any of those random ghosts and stuff. Like, remember the, the football player that turns into a creature and stuff? I never wanted any of them because I was like, yeah. I, I don't, they're, first off, they weren't even ghosts from the cartoon. And then yeah. they weren't even ghosts from the movie. I'll just bust imaginary ghosts with my head, you know, basically, or, or fight Stay Puft in my head, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and Stay Puft, I would have preferred him to be a little bit bigger. bigger. It would have been nicer if they spent a little bit more money on making him, like, at least five times the size of the figures. Well, it was weird because Slimer was like, the Slimer one was just as big as Stay Puft, and yeah. I didn't want that because either of them, like both of them are not in proportion. So I'm like, no, no, thank you, you know? I will say that they made a monster line of like Frankenstein, Wolfman. I remember the Wolfman they yeah. made was dope. Yeah. The Wolfman was really cool. Yeah. No, th- those were cool. But I, you know what? I'll give it to Ghostbusters. You, it had a had some awesome toys. Uh, Zach was showing them to his, to us, um, you know, before we started recording. They had some great great toys i just also too though i think as a kid i didn't quite understand why they were robotic ghosts but now as an adult i look at it and i'm like it just fucking looks cool man who gives a shit you know it just looks cool you have to say you know the animation back then it may not have made total sense yeah they're one of the uh, the one of the main ghost-busting characters is belfry who's like a pig bat and it makes no sense whatsoever but He's kind of cool looking, yeah, and he's cool. like basically the Orko slash, you know, uh, Schnarf slash. Yeah. He's the the sidekick. He's a little sidekick. What's the one from Shira with the uh, the owl? Oh, Luki. No, not. Oh, Lukey. there's uh, Cowl. Cowl. There's Cowl. Yeah, Cowl. <laughs> that that kind of reminded me of Cowl for some reason. Yeah, a little like Cowl, and then uh, the 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 one witch had the broom. I think his just name was Broom. And Cowl. <laughs> oh, Shira, we must go. Hoot hoot. At the end, Lukey. Did you see me today? <laughs> no, I did. Yeah, I did. I did because I, 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 I watched it. <laughs> yeah. I see your little tail poking out from behind that bush, Lukey. Um, yeah, and and you know, before anyone goes, oh, you guys only know about GI Joe and Cobra. No, we fucking know all the other shows too. I'm just shouting those out because they're the most well known. 
<laughs> yeah, they know. We've talked about plenty of cartoons here on uh, on TV Obscura, but uh, yeah. you know, just final thoughts on this one. I I loved it. I think um, I think people should go and check it out. If if they remember it as a kid, I think they should go and and, and give it another visit because now that there's so much time between the original, the Ghostbusters movie, you can separate it more now, and I think. The, the the Ghostbusters can kind of stand on its own legs now and not be as compared to, you know, the the, the four guys that, that it was at the beginning. Yeah, it basically is just kind of like it's if you took the same a writing prompt and like two people took the concept in different directions, but it's at the core, it's the same. Yeah. Like, they even, you know, use the same. They use little devices to zap the ghosts and take them to other places. Yeah. And um, it's it's funny to me how this, the filmation Ghostbusters, is actually the original, and like the one that we know yeah. is actually basically the ripoff. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. with you know, it, it, it it's funny. <laughs> it's funny because. The original live action was there. Then they made the movie, and then they made the cartoon to capitalize off of it. And in both instances, it's kind of like they were—they are the less than, but they actually were—and it actually debuted like five days before the uh, uh, the real Ghostbusters debuted, also, which is just really funny and interesting kind of thing. But you know what it reminds me of a little bit, Diallo is when a wrestler comes out with a gimmick and then another wrestler comes along and takes said gimmick but uh-huh. makes it better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because, you know, Hulk Hogan's gimmick is is kind of a ripoff of Jesse yeah, the Body Jesse's, Ventura. Yeah, who and, ripped um, off Superstar Billy Graham. Yeah, yeah. So you're just taking something and you're making it better. Superstar and better. It does, and it doesn't take away from the original. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe wrestling is the only area where we can appreciate both. But back in the 80s, it's like you either had to like one or the other. You couldn't like both. Nope. Couldn't like both. It was against the law for us kids. (laughs) You had to like GoBots or Transformers, and I liked both. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you you missed the mark there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, GoBots and the Battle of the Rock Lords, if you've never seen that, that is a fun movie. (laughs) Sure. And scene. And scene. And, all right. On to the real Ghostbusters. <laughs> Fuck me, right? Fuck me, right? <laughs> Fuck me. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Imagine being one of the last people on Earth, being trapped alone with something not human something always watching something always waiting what would you do where would you run where would you hide if you were haunted for seven winters alone podcasting after dark presents seven winters alone a dystopian haunted house story by david irons available now in paperback and ebook And now, back to the show. 
Well, first off, I, I apologize if we're going to sort of retread some of the backstory because we did discuss an episode of Real Ghostbusters. Um, X, uh, Xmas marks, marks the spot um, for a Christmas episode, uh, not the last Christmas, but the previous Christmas. So kind of gave some some backstory on it there, but just kind of quickly go through it again. Uh, the Real Ghostbusters was an animated spinoff of the 1984 film Ghostbusters. The series ran from September 13, 1986 through October 5, 1991, and was produced by Columbia Pictures Television and Deke. It originally aired on CBS and in syndication. The Real was added to the title after a dispute with Filmation and its Ghostbusters property to sort of separate it and everything. The show was retitled later to Slimer and the Real Ghostbusters in the fourth season. They added a 30-minute Slimer sub-show that featured two or three shorts to the, to the beginning of the Real Ghostbusters and aired them both as a one-hour time slot. Uh, the, the cast uh, featured Lorenzo Music, then Dave Coulier as Peter Venkman, Arsenio Hall, then Buster Jones as Winston Zeddemore, uh, Ernie Hudson actually auditioned for the role but did not get it. Uh, Frank Welker plays Ray Stance and Slimer. And Maurice LaMarche uh, plays Egon Spangler. He's the only person that uh, was allowed to do an impression. Uh, famously, for all of their auditions, they were uh, told not to do impressions of the of the actors. But I don't know why he decided to do it or what, you know, what was the impetus behind it. But he did it. They liked it, and it kind of, um, you know, it stuck. And it was the only for a while. It was the only one who was doing it until later when they brought on Dave Coulier to replace Lorenzo Music. Um, you know, famously, there's the 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 that story that Bill Murray made a flippant comment. He didn't, and and, and even to his, you know, even he says he didn't really mean that much by it. But he said, "Hey, why does everyone else sound like their characters, and my guy sounds like Garfield?" Um, and then, boom, the, so the story is that's what got Lorenzo Music fired. The reality is it had more to do with the consulting group Q5, this piece of shit consulting group Q5. I mean, we could do a whole episode about what Q5 did to to the real Ghostbusters. But basically, starting around uh, season three, uh, CBA, ABC hired a consulting firm called Q5 to some for some reason— you know, make their already massively successful show more successful. But in reality, all it did was actually neuter the show. Um, uh, basically, they they came in and they said, you know what? They made Janine more nurturing. They Basically, the biggest overall was to Janine. Uh, her glasses were too sharp, so they rounded the glasses edges. Um, they did some sort of some racist stuff where uh, that J. Michael Straczynski uh, criticized them for, where basically, like, like you know, Winston you know originally he was all they're all part of the group and everything but q5 was like we got to kind of give them roles so you know peter venkman's the the mouth and then like ray's the mind and you know or ray's the hands and egon's the brains and then they're like janine's the body and then winston is the driver and and even j michael straczynski was like what the fuck are you talking about um wow. so yeah and, and and i've said that name twice he was one of the creators, J. Michael Straczynski, also the creator of Babylon 5, a massive name in, in sci-fi. Uh, Dial, what was that comic series that, that he was doing back in the late 90s? Rising Stars. It was um, it was like a version of the Squadron Supreme uh, in Marvel. That's a kind of a copy of Justice League. 
it's amazing. It's really amazing. And I would love to go back and, and reread it because I was collecting it in real time, but it was one of those comics that took like a year to come out between mm-hmm. like issue three and four. So I just stopped collecting it. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so J. Michael Straczynski is one of the creators uh, of the show, which is, you know, he is a huge writer. Um, but for me personally, I am in love with seasons one and two. Um, I've said it before. I'll say it again because we're talking about it now. Lorenzo Music, the voice of Garfield, but Lorenzo Music's Peter Venkman is my favorite of all Peter Venkman's. That includes Bill Murray. Um, I just love the way that he's portrayed this, like, it's very sleepy style that he has, you know, to it. But I, for some reason, as a kid, I loved it. Um, Watching older or newer seasons now, I don't hate Dave Coulier as as Peter Venkman. Um, (laughs) And I think he does a good job of doing, like, a Bill Murray but I had I have such a love for Lorenzo Music, you know R.A.P. I had such a love for his Venkman that I just was like I I, I have a hard time getting past it. Um, but the episode that I watched and I think we all watched season one episode eleven Citizen Ghost is my favorite episode of the real Ghostbusters. Um, basically, it's it's weird that it's not the pilot, uh, but it is written by J. Michael Straczynski. Uh, he kind of jokingly on the DVD says he wrote it because he was the head writer for the show and everything. And when other writers would come up to him and be like, why is a Slimer, like, why is a ghost hanging out with him? Like, how did this happen? He, he got tired of telling people how it happened and was like, let me just write the episode. That's probably yeah. kind of embellishing things a little bit, but you, you get the gist. Um it all the whole episode takes place in flashbacks as Peter Venkman is interviewed by a reporter by the name of Cynthia Crawford, um, and this and he tells basically what happens immediately after the events of the original movie. Uh, they come back to the firehouse with the top blown off, you know, the containment unit destroyed. They're wearing their old costumes covered in ectoplasm from Stay Puft and everything. And they talk about, you know, rebuilding the containment unit, but making it bigger, which explains why it is bigger. Um, Peter Vinkman has to burn the the clothes because, you know, they're, they're contaminated, but he doesn't. But it's it's luck that the, their new outfits just came in and you can see him. It's like, oh, cool. Um, and then they, they discover Slimer, they befriend him. And then the these like ectoplasmic, ghastly doppelgangers of the Ghostbusters appear from their old suits and fight the Ghostbusters. Slimer has to sort of save the day um, by acting as a distraction, allowing the Ghostbusters to get the upper hand. As a kid, I couldn't believe that this episode addressed issues after the movie. I don't believe I saw it like in real time. I doubt I saw it like the when it you know episode eleven when it came. I probably saw it in syndication like a year or so later. And by that point, I was already used to the fact that we were never gonna mention the movie. Like you know what I mean? Like it. And yeah. I also at the same time. I get it. Like cartoons, I understood RoboCop was another way to sort of inform me. Very little connection uh, to the movie and all this kind of stuff. So having an actual connection, I was so blown away by as a kid. I was like, oh, my God. And, of course, back in the day, we didn't have, you know, DVDs. We didn't have IMDb. We didn't have all this resources. So this episode became, like, mythological to me. Like, and I didn't get to rewatch it until I bought the DVD set, like, 10 years ago or something. But, like, 
it just that episode just lived rent free in my memory for so long, but I had no way of like validating it and whatnot. And then now fast forward and everything and people, you know, people do address it and people do agree that it's an awesome episode. And even to the point where uh, the Cryptozoic Ghostbusters board game that got kickstarted about six or seven years ago, um, I backed it on Kickstarter. So I got all the extra shit. And one of the extra things that you got were the spectral Ghostbusters. They actually made them and you That's can cool. you can fight them. They have like, you know, skill sets and all this kind of stuff. And they, they made them out of like glow in the dark plastic and, and whatnot. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, real Ghostbusters. I loved it as a kid. Uh, I played with the toys. I, I, I mean, shit, guys, you could ask me right now, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I can tell you f- in all earnestness, I want to be a fucking Ghostbuster when I grow up. And <laughs> honestly, real Ghostbusters probably has more to do with that than the movie Ghostbusters itself. And I'll finish my tirade by sort of saying the reason I'm not a big fan of Ghostbusters 2 is because I love the real Ghostbusters, and it was a hard pill for me to swallow that they were on the bottom, you know, when Ghostbusters 2 starts, when I just watched multiple seasons, hundreds of episodes, and every week they're on top. You know what I mean? Every week they're the Ghostbusters. So... The, for me, the real Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters is life. It's still my favorite cartoon of all time. Uh, Diallo, do re Egon, Egon. Damn it. Um, I agree with you on that. Uh, the cartoon was like. I didn't realize it until I think when we were watching the cart like a couple years ago for the Christmas episode. And I didn't realize how like Janine and Egon weren't a thing in the movie. (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah, like a lot of that's my memory from watching the cartoon. And it is it was much more like fleshed out, robust. And and it was like my association with Ghostbusters was colored a lot by the cartoon um much more lived in world and so yeah going back to Ghostbusters to the movie definitely didn't have that same feel like you said it, it went step back story's not that great either I mean it's just yeah like it's it's fine like you know but it's not the same um anyway this episode was really cool um, I don't remember it <laughs> at all. Um, like, I don't remember ever watching it. Um, my mind actually was, I was like actually shocked because I was like, wait a minute. I had to go back because I was like, wait, they're wearing their original uniforms. Because, you know, in my head, it's always been that multicolored. And I was kind of like, I think we talked about it from like a design um perspective when we talked about Ghostbusters before how they wanted to make it separate and stuff but I like and the in-world explanation was really fun and cool and so I was like okay so their uniforms you know were ectoplasmed or whatever and then they just happened to have these new uniforms waiting for them when they got back and that's all the explanation I actually really ever needed you know um but I just I just you know I never knew that or anything um and then, uh, so anyways, I was watching the episode and I didn't realize at first it was going to be like this, the whole thing was going to be a flashback and we're going to find out about how Slimer joined and, and everything. So, um, yeah, it was really cool. I 
I can understand in some ways why it wasn't the very first episode. Um, as I was watching it, I actually was thinking to myself, I really love, I've come to love like origin episodes that come later. You know, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't start off with the origin. It starts off kind of like in the story. And then at some random point in the middle, you'll get in like a flashback origin episode. Kind of appreciate those now for some yeah. reason. So, yeah. Um, J. Michael Straczynski is one of my all time favorite comic book writers. And uh, yeah, it's a. I, uh, the pedigree that I, the association I have with the show, I didn't realize he wrote a lot of those until l- much later. And then I can kind of see why it was such a, such a good show. I mean, so. he even wrote a Cthulhu episode. Yeah, he's a uh, he's great man. Like, he had this. I, I've talked about it before. He had this run on Spider Man. It's pretty controversial, but like some of the concepts he. He, he he wrote one of the most original Spider-Man stories in a while. He wasn't just like retreading like old stuff, made a new villain. He's the one that finally revealed the truth to Aunt May that he is Spider-Man, the way that it happened. Like he just he's a great writer. So I really enjoyed the fact that he, you know, was so involved with Ghostbusters. And again, it's like it's why it was so such a good show. Well, you're and you you were talking about that. What's it? Q five? Yeah, the consulting group Q five. Yeah. So around season three, was that when they made? Was that when like Slimer became like Slimer? Well, that was season. Technically, that was season four when it became Slimer and the Real Ghostbusters. But and that was the, on the, the changes to Janine started happening in season three, and they started toning her down, making her less quote unquote abrasive, you know, and making her more nurturing and motherly and one of those was like oh those those sharp glasses are gonna scare kids we gotta round them it's like go fuck yourself and this and this is what i have a problem a lot of times with with some of the like a lot of the disney star wars stuff art should never be made by a committee like ever like i just can't stand it so so bring and then the irony is them bringing in the consulting firm they had a number one mega show on their hands. Why did you bring in the consulting firm? Because everything, and now looking back and everyone agrees, everything that Q5 suggested and they did was the wrong choice. Yeah, it wasn't broke. So Exactly. Because um, I do remember, like, I think, because it, it was on syndication, and then I feel like it, Slimer and the Ghostbusters was, like, on Saturdays on ABC, and I, I and I just I'm saying all that to say that I remember I didn't like it. And, yeah. <laughs> and like it also felt like the animation was a lot worse. And they did that with gargoyles also, um, where the, the animation just seemed a lot worse when they put it on Saturday mornings. And so, yeah, I don't I don't know if there was it was like a money thing, cost cutting. I don't know what it was, but anyway, yeah. the uh, lots of great memories of watching the uh the real Ghostbusters and on uh, in syndication channel TV forty four, cable <laughs> yeah baby cable twelve. <laughs> and, and and before Zach, before you dive in, I just wanted to call out something that I realized too. As a kid, you know, I probably would have wanted them to be all in their normal costumes, but when you watch this episode now and you see them briefly in their original costumes, 
it's so bland compared mm-hmm. to the the new ones that they get and i'm like no they they made the absolute correct choice in in giving them their their different colors and everything and so much so that in that ghostbusters video game that i'm playing they uh they you can pick different all the real ghostbusters co- suits you know you can pick all their colors and everything and they just added um cosmetics to make your proton pack and your your you know wand and everything uh skinned like real ghostbusters to actually look like the real ghostbusters and That's it's cool. like i'm in fucking nerd heaven <laughs> <laughs> they were uh, pretty they were pretty forward thinking when they were uh making the show like the choices that they made were very deliberate and the fact that they made ernie hudson actually audition is like crazy to me and he didn't get the job and he didn't get it. that means you have such a distinct vision of what you're gonna do that you're like you're no you're not you're you're not fitting into what what we want to make that's crazy yeah i mean i love arsenio hall as winston i think he's fantastic yeah 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 Yeah. uh zach uh, real ghostbusters buddy well I feel like real Ghostbusters is my Ghostbusters as far as Ghostbusters is concerned. Um, You know, from a kid perspective, it's so much more appealing than I think the original movie. Um, Simply from watching it through a lens of a a might son and going, whoa, yeah, you know, there's some things that definitely are not kid friendly in the original Ghostbusters movie. This just took it and made it so much more accessible for a wider audience and added more dynamics with the ghosts and made them more unique and special. Um, I I love an origin story, too. I actually I remember as a kid going, why isn't this the first episode? You know, why, I, I felt the same way with Spiral Zone. I'm like, why is episode eight the the <laughs> the the pilot? You know, um, but it is what it is like nowadays. I prefer to watch this episode first just like i prefer to watch um you know problem with power as the finale to he-man and the masters of the universe even though that wasn't the official finale way back when but technically it is because if you watch it as the final episode of he-man it makes total sense it's the swan song just like this could have easily been the original first episode uh yeah making the colors different was great makes total sense i remember when the toy line came out and wanting like all of them to be wearing the same uniforms and i thought that would have been really cool but then seeing it in the context of the cartoon like okay this this is cool this makes sense um the the voice acting is on point stories are great it it is a classic animated series i think uh it's it's it holds up in spades nowadays whatever that expression is, just it's so good. Um, And, you know, I had the Sega video game that came out way back when, and I love that Sega video game, which is based on the movie. Uh, And I had wished that they had made one based on the cartoon back in the day. Uh, I had that board game. Yeah, I think I talked about this in the uh, Christmas episode. I had the board game, which is the the characters look like they do in the cartoon. So I used those figures because they looked even more accurate than the toy line that came out. Um, gosh, yeah, that just so badass. The diamond select released animated versions of all the ghostbusters, like big versions a couple of years ago. I think for me, nostalgically, I was like, Oh, I got to get those. And then I saw them and they're like, nah, they're cool. 
Uh, no, I'm talking about the the animated. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I remember those. Those came out. They, they were like same sculpt as like these, but they were animated. But they didn't look like those proportions don't look right when you try to make them look like a normal human. No, they tried to like make them look like a normal human in the animated one. But yeah, Corey's holding up the original, like the remake it's, of it's, the original toy line, which looked really cool. Yeah, it was uh, Hasbro put the put out like a repackaging um, of the original. Uh, I mean, a hundred percent original. Hard, very hard to tell the difference between the original and everything. But um, on the first wave of these remakes that came out about three years ago, um, they had the. Uh, who are you going to call on them? Then they got pulled because uh, Ray Parker Jr. actually owns the rights to who you're going to call. That phrase is not owned by Columbia Pictures or Ghost Core, um, who is Ivan Reitman's company and, and now Jason Reitman's company and everything is uh, Ghost Core. Um, so they so they had to pull these and they put them, they reissued them, but they took out that uh, the, that slogan off the top. So, yeah, I got I picked up all four of them. But yeah, I, I I would prefer these over the Diamond Select versions of the animated version. Yeah, because they were a little bit bigger than GI Joes. I think they were four inches tall, uh, so you couldn't use them with your GI Joes, but you could use them with other toys. I remember playing with them nonstop. I wanted the toy fire station. I didn't have that ba- back in the day. Another cool uh, playset. But man, oh man, you know, talk about nostalgically hitting you in all the right spots. And I watched this episode that Corey and Diallo and I, all three of us watched. I watched it repeatedly. It's probably my favorite one um, of, of the entire series. Yeah, they tapped out with the Slimer episodes. And fortunately, you could just rewatch these over and over again. And you don't have to remember those at all. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> exactly. And, and side note. Yeah. I have those, uh, those other ghostbusters up there, but Diallo sent me uh, a pack of the Mego ghostbusters that look fan fucking tastic, but Diallo I'm in the process. I'm going to reorganize my uh, office this year. That's my goal. And I'm going to find a place uh, to put them. Cause I have literally run out of all space everywhere to the point where now my my G.I. Joe classified figures are going into my wife's uh my wife's plants area and stuff like that so it's like i have uh, literally run out of space i need more shelving <laughs> i know i have at the same dilemma now i keep people keep giving me uh like wonder woman stuff and i have nowhere to put it i just need a new place to live so i have a whole nother room of <laughs> toys i I know dude we're we're all becoming ferns (laughs) it's it's our our friend fern not the plant uh but but those mego toys yellow are fucking gorgeous they are fan fucking tastic so yeah they i they put they caught my eye immediately and i'm like i i'm like iffy on them so like some migos i think look good and others don't and i looked at the sculpts of these and they just look fantastic yeah, so. cheers, I, brother. Thank you, man. I think they did a real Ghostbuster line of those Mego dolls as well. They, oh, they did. did. They came out uh, a few, like, yes, I remember seeing them. I think I'm thinking between 10 to 5 years ago. It was a bit of time ago. I yeah. like these better. I didn't like the way the the real Ghostbusters looked in the Mego form, but I like the way that the the realistic versions look in the Mego form. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so real ghost, Zach, and, and I know you showed Bodie and everything. Uh, uh, so far, has Bodie Bodie watched Ghostbusters and Bodie watched real Ghostbusters at one point? I know. Um, does he have a preference for the two? When he was younger, he liked the filmation Ghostbusters more. Now he likes the 
real Ghostbusters more. And has he watched Ghostbusters the movie? He has, and he liked it. He did like it. Uh, he's seen part two. He thought it was, I think he liked that one as well. Um, and then we saw the afterlife and, and I don't think he liked it as much as I liked it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, but then the one, the one th- show or the one ghostbuster entity that he definitely is scared of is the one that I'm going to talk about in just a minute. Extreme ghostbusters. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's kick into that, man. Cause I think we All have right. a lot to say about extreme ghostbusters. We do it mostly good, but some bad as well. Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everyone, co-host Corey here. I just wanted to take a quick second and say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Without you, podcasting after dark would not be possible. If you would like to help the show grow, please consider signing up at patreon.com slash podcasting after dark. You can also support the show by purchasing one of our awesome t-shirt designs on our merch store at podcastingafterdark.com or by picking up a copy of Seven Winters Alone by David Irons on paperback, hardback, or Kindle. Just search for Seven Winters Alone on Amazon or click on the link in the show notes. A free way to help out is to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Those reviews are huge for us and really helps get the show in front of new listeners. Again, thank you all so much for the love and support you've given us over these past few years. It really means the world to us. And now, back to the show. Extreme Ghostbusters aired for 40 episodes from September to December. It was syndicated, so I think it probably aired five days a week. Yeah. Uh, It was a part of the Bobot Kids Network you're like wondering what the hell the Bobot Kids Network is, it was basically these uh, animated shows in blocks. And Extreme Ghostbusters was a part of their extreme block with extreme dinosaurs. (laughs) And it came before the comedy block with the Mask animated series and Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Can I cut you off one second? I hated the extreme of the late 90s when things were extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, and because in the most extreme thing that I fucking hated was Extreme G.I. Joe that came oh, out in the man. late 90s and had these poses that were, like, locked. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like weird-ass yeah. poses and shit. Fucking hated that line. <laughs> most extreme stuff sucked. Extreme Championship Wrestling was really good, ECW. Um, but Bobot was responsible for Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys, which we've obviously talked about. And we all enjoyed, actually. And we did, yeah. But, but yeah, there was, and uh, Diallo is right, there was like a, a definite edge or a look to these cartoons. The Men in Black, I, I would say, uh, is very similar in animation style. Uh, Jumanji, I think, was another one that reminds me, not of Extreme Ghostbusters, but more like Men in Black that look i'm not a fan either of that particular style of animation however i think it can be overlooked with extreme ghostbusters when you get down to the storylines and the content um this was supposed to be a legit sequel to the ghostbusters series a continuation of the series uh you had egon returning and janine returning uh it takes place in the future 
I think storyline wise of, of Ghostbusters, uh, where all the other Ghostbusters have kind of moved on, but Egon is still remains at the fire station to look over the containment unit and Janine uh, is pining over Egon and he blows her off. This this show kind of went through a, a lot of different transformations um, before it got to the small screen. Uh, characters were rewritten and redesigned before they the before it became what it became. So I'll just focus on what it is now. The four main Ghostbusters are Garrett, uh, Kylie, Eduardo, and Roland. And Slimer returns, by the way. And Slimer looks a lot more demented in this. He doesn't look as kid friendly. Everything just makes it a look looks a little more harsh. Eduardo is kind of like the uh, the edgy tough guy. Uh, angsty bad boy. He's played by Reno Romano. The soul patch. He's got a little soul patch. Yep. Reno Romano worked as uh, Batman in the Batman series. He was Spider-Man in Spider-Man Unlimited. Uh, He's got, he's a tremendous voice actor. Um, He, you know, that, that alone speaks for itself. Slimer was not voiced by, who's the original Slimer? Frank Welker. uh, yeah, Frank Welker, but Billy West. If you don't know who Billy West is, well, he's from Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> so that says it all. But yep. Billy West is a famous, very famous voice actor. Um, so yeah, Eduardo's like the kind of angsty bad boy. Kylie was play, is played by Tara Strong. Oh, Tara Strong. <laughs> Just a moment. I have to take a moment. <laughs> Tara Strong is a very... Uh, this is getting uh, creepy. I know. I, just, I don't know where this is going. Yeah. I'll just go to her Instagram. Uh, Tara Strong is, you know, she's a synonymous voice actor. You've seen her everywhere. Uh, very cool. Very nice person. And ve- like Powerpuff, Powerpuff Girls, Rugrats, Teen Titans Go. Uh, she's also the clock on Loki. Like uh, she is a amazing voice actor. She's quite a looker, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, she plays Kylie. <laughs> Kylie's like the... It's guys. funny. Guys. Dallas like, settle down, guys. Settle down. <laughs> they make fun of... Uh, Kylie is like the, the goth chick of the group. Uh, they even make a reference to like Nine Inch Nails and, uh, in, in the episode that I had uh, Diallo and Corey watch. Um, it's, she also is not a screamer, apparently. Oh, yeah, my God. We'll, we'll get to that I know. too. We're going to talk I, yeah. about that line. I was. Yep. <laughs> I, Yellow, same, buddy. Same. <laughs> because Kylie, Kylie and, uh, uh, Kylie and, uh, Ronaldo, sorry, Eduardo. <laughs> we'll get to Ronaldo in a second. Uh, Roland. Uh, Kylie and, and Eduardo have a kind of lovish relationship, which gets more, it's more extreme than your typical cartoon back in the day. They would definitely say some edgy things. Case in point, uh, Kylie makes a reference. Uh, Eduardo's like, don't scream. And she's like, I'm not a screamer. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Kids cartoon, I was like, guys. Oh Kids my, cartoon. Dude, I know. Talk, Anyways, talk about extreme and mature. Roland Jackson, uh, who's kind of, he, he, he works on the, the, the car a lot. He's, he's played by Alfonso Ribeiro. Yeah. He's practically uh, the driver. He's the yeah. driver. He's the Winston Zedmore of the group. Mm. Uh, but then we get <laughs> no to comment. Garrett Miller, played by Jason Mardson, who you probably most people would know from Boy Meets World, 
Boy Meets World? Yeah, Boy Meets World. Uh, he's also a very famous voice actor as well. Uh, he's, he's done a ton of cartoons, a lot of Disney stuff, but uh, definitely known for like Step by Step. He was on Full House, and then he moved into Boy Meets World. A lot of TGIF, a lot of Disney stuff. He was also in Robot Jocks. Wow. That was his first role when he was 12. <laughs> Shout out the Robot Jocks. Was he in Anyways, he plays. <laughs> yes, he plays Garrett Miller, who uh, is a paraplegic, and it was one of the first, and maybe maybe the first time you've seen a main character in a cartoon in a wheelchair. Uh, his storyline was that he was uh, born that way, paraplegic at birth. Um, this is important to note because he was one. He's when they did like a a test audience for this show. He was the most popular character on the show. He's kind of a fusion of like Ray. He's mostly the, he's like the Ray character, not Ray. He's, he's more Peter. Of the, he's, Peter. he's Peter. Yeah. Yeah. He's Peter, but he's got a little bit of Ray in him too. And, and they won, I think an award for, for that representation because a lot of people will cite, you know, real uh, extreme ghostbusters. Um, two things whenever I hear about real uh, extreme ghostbusters is it's a lot better than you think it is. Everyone's all, like fans are always like it's it's actually really good. Go check it out. And the other thing is the Garrett character is handled very well. They ne- his him being in a wheelchair is never like something that holds him back. And yeah, there's sometimes where they talk about you know they help him down the stairs or something, but they never pity him. They all it's it's just a it's it's a very good I guess representation as far as people who are paraplegics have said. I don't know because I'm not. Yeah, he he does. Um, they he he makes fun of himself. He makes fun of other people. He's like uh, in in the episode that we'll talk about in just a moment. Fear itself. He makes a reference to like, yeah, it would be tough if you were you know debilitated in some way, you yeah. know, and and kind of pokes fun at stuff like that. It's a, it's again a really cool character. Um, Maurice Lamarche reprised his role as Egon, and the theme song to Real Ghostbusters was. Uh, redone, more edgy, had a uh, rock vibe to it, and but and and this is important to note that the theme was performed by Jim Cummings. If you don't know who Jim Cummings is, he's the voice of Winnie the Pooh, Tasmanian Devil, Chip and uh, Monterey Jack on Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. He I mean, the guy is like an, a legend voice actor as well. And you hear his him singing, and it's like it's very rock and roll. It sounds a little like Scott Stapp from Creed, actually. <laughs> I ain't afraid of no ghost. Um, anyways, I love the theme. Actually, out of all of the remakes of that song, the Extreme Ghostbusters theme is probably number two next to the original. Um, so I pitched to the guys to watch the episode called Fear Itself. Like I said, there's 40 episodes. The final episodes actually bring back the original Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and uh, some of the original voice actors from that series. I know, um, Dave, well, not yeah, the Dave original Coulier original. Comes, Dave Coulier returns as Venkman. Um, I think Frank Welker does Ray Stans, and um, uh, 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 Buster Jones uh, does uh, Winston. Yeah, so seek those out. I think it might be a two-parter. Uh, I know the... And I was going to say, and not only that, an episode um, brings back the Grundle, um, a, a very famous uh, real Ghostbusters episode villain had one episode, uh, the Grundle, and he, he actually comes back in a very freaky episode in, in this one in Extreme Ghostbusters. So, yeah, in that 
said episode, Kylie, it's revealed that Kylie's friend was killed by the Grundle, I believe. Yeah, so, in the original series, yeah. Yeah, so this, this show is more extreme. It is edgier, uh, and I think that's all good. Fear itself is has a very interesting um, place in my heart, I guess, uh, or in my memory bank, because... I don't want to give too much away. I think I think out of all three shows, this is probably the least seen out of all three. And this particular episode deals with all of the characters being afraid of something and this and the main ghost preying upon the main character's fears. I won't give all of them away. I'll just shout out this one because it connects with me. So Kylie, for example, uh, oh, sorry, the, the, the episode opens with uh, a Steve Buscemi lookalike yeah, yeah. and uh, Mr. Swank, which yeah. is hilarious. And th- that that alone should be reason to watch this episode. But um, yeah, and then then there's the I'm not a screamer line and the Nine Inch Nails reference. Uh, and and then Slimer's fear is hilarious. Yes. It, <laughs> yes. I love I <laughs> Slimer's then, fear was great. I loved it. But then they yeah, they all have particular fears, but I'll just talk about one. Kylie is the one I'll talk about. She has a fear of maggots. And at one point, actually two points in this episode, maggots are dumped upon her. They fall from the sky on her head and it's really really gross. It was particularly gross for me because when I was like maybe seven or eight years old, I was with my dad and he was uh, he would buy houses, refurbish them in downtown Detroit and like fixer uppers. And he would enlist my brother and I to help clean them. (laughs) And this one particular house in downtown Detroit, we were cleaning out and I was in the kitchen up on a counter and I slipped and I fell and I fell and I fell through the floor when I came to, I don't know if I passed out or just was stunned, I was covered in maggots. Oh. And ever since then, up until maybe the past 10 years or so, I've had not a fear of maggots, but just like I shudder when I see maggots. You know, it's just gr- super gross to me. So when this episode came out, it was especially terrifying to me. And I think this entire episode is really, really scary But the reason this show, I think, has staying power with the younger audience is because they always seem to button it up in a kind of a cute way at the end where at the end, everything's okay. But leading up like the two thirds of the episode, most of their episodes were really, really, really creepy. So I think Extreme Ghostbusters is a is 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 an overlooked, underlooked gem, overlooked, underlooked, whatever. And should definitely be revisited. I guess uh, it was free for a while on YouTube. All the episodes were out when Afterlife came out. Maybe it'll get a re, maybe it'll get re-released. Um, you can't find it anywhere. I think it, we, I find it on Daily Motion. Um, all the episodes I think are on Daily Motion, but you've got commercials and, and it, hey, it is what it is. But yeah. Extreme Ghostbusters is extreme in a good way. Your thoughts, uh, Diallo, what are your thoughts? I know Corey's like, come on, I'm going to talk about it. It's my birthday. <laughs> Diallo, what are your thoughts about extreme Ghostbusters? I mean, yeah, so I didn't watch it back in the day, and I'm not really inclined to like that style, I think. that's uh, That era of animation is not my favorite. Um, i watching this one. I like. I think, like you said a little bit earlier, Kurt, uh, Corey... 
I did like it more than I thought I would. But maybe if I watched a few more, I would like kind of come around a lot more. But it just it has a little it just has too many of the things that I I don't like for me to like get really into it. But I but I objectively think it's it's good at the same time. Um, It's just, you know, the they fit these 90s character archetypes or stereotypes or something that just kind of like bugs me a little bit like <laughs> you know um every everything was so extreme uh, that everyone was wearing trench coats all the in comic books everyone had long hair superman had long hair and it just like it, it was every it just it was too much everything was extreme like you know um image comics with um, we were talking about earlier today a, a side conversation like Wildcats, uh, yeah, like Jim Lee's yeah. Wildcats, like that whole thing, like that whole era just is like not my jam. <laughs> yeah. So it's I I probably have like um, some baggage around it, um, but uh, <laughs> it's still like I said, it, it actually was. I was watching it, I was like, oh, this actually is like it's actually better than I thought it would be, and I really got the impression. That if I watch more episodes, I actually would actually like them, genuinely like them. Like they were pretty likable, except for the Soul Patch guy. Like he seemed, yeah, he was, he was the one that was the most, like, you know, oh, you're the '90s. Um, um, your guy in the wheelchair was my favorite. He was the coolest. Garrett, yeah. He was, yeah, he was the coolest character. So it was interesting that you said that he tested. The best because that that was the one that I liked from the start, um, and the girl. And he's wearing the original uh, jumpsuit too. Yeah, yeah, that too. And the girl was like she was another one. Like visually, she looked more like that trying too hard '90s vibe that I I get. But she actually was like a pretty cool character too. Um, yeah. The the and it's funny. The least interesting was. Uh, Alfonso Ribeiro's character, but he was like yeah. they were casting him sort of as the um kind of like the nerd the, of the group. The tech, he's like the tech guy. He's yeah. 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 And you know, as a as a uh, as a black person that watches content, they I feel like sometimes they do that because they don't want to like like be like stereotypes so they but then they end up making this character like really bland <laughs> yep um there's like a there's actually a arc sort of an archetype for that uh if you ever watched um you know the original planet of the apes the uh it was sort of like one of the first like uh representations of black men that were like the scientist and there's sort of like that thing that happens sometimes and so i felt like he was kind of there and it was like eh, I, I didn't really like him the most but uh but yeah it was cool at this point is this the only real episode you've seen of of extreme ghostbusters yeah it was the only real episode and also this has nothing to do with ghostbusters extreme so much but i watched it on crackle yeah yes oh crackle yeah that's what it's available (laughs) yeah and i hate commercials yeah crackle sucks yeah crackle's terrible with a passion and I was like, I gotta watch. Oh God, I gotta watch these commercials over and over and over again. I hate internet commercials. Like they're just yeah, they're yeah. the worst. And so that didn't that didn't help me. <laughs> I, I will say, <laughs> if, if you watch it on your mobile device, you can skip. Uh, you can skip 
the commercials. Oh, you can. Okay. If you watch it on your phone, which yeah. is kind of hard to do, but I, you know, yeah, that's what I did today. I I watched it on my phone because it wouldn't work in my browser, and I'm like, fuck you, Crackle. Just I know. Fuck you straight to hell. I mean, it's the worst. Like, it's the worst streaming service out of all of them. Yeah. It doesn't Sony own Crackle? It's, Sony yes, it's theirs. So, fuck. Yeah. So, but once again, Sony takes a big dump on themselves. On themselves. On themselves. Sony can actually, out of all the production companies, Sony's probably the worst because they they have all these great properties that they could put out, and then they do, but they do it half-assed or they do it in a stupid way. Like, I think if they put this, they should put this out with a new box set. I have the real Ghostbusters box set with the, with the Firehouse. They should have included that in the box set. Yeah, but they didn't. And I agree. Roland is is a very he ha, every character has moments throughout the series where they get the shine. Um, and this was not his. Garrett's fear gets brought up repeatedly throughout mm-hmm. the series as well, I believe, from what I remember. Um, and I just want to point out, too, they did release a toy line for this show, but they omitted Garrett. Hmm. Oh, and which I think is really, really messed up. Um, you know, th- there's no definitive reason why they didn't. So I, the speculation was that the it was would cost too much to manufacture a wheelchair, the, tra- the chair with it, and everything, because that's those are extra moving parts. I literally yeah. was gonna say that it's probably cost as as yeah. a, a not trying to cover for them or anything, but I just can imagine it would be too much. I would think so too. However, what what a missed opportunity to have representation for a, a more diverse representation in toy line, and you know they wanted to, like Corey, you said they got an award for for the fact that they wrote this character in the way they did. But man, they they missed the boat on this. And actually, if you think about it. Outside of Professor X, there's not many like wheelchair uh, toy figures out there for kids outside of Professor X and like a Barbie type of thing. Yeah, uh, which is really messed up, you know, because they gotta they gotta do that. Like they 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 screw up on all the time with ma- not making the female characters. Well, this is also another area that they need to fix as well. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was just listening to um, a conversation about the history of the Star Wars radio drama. And George Lucas um, sold, not sold, but gave the rights uh, so that people could do it for like a buck. So people who were blind could actually experience like, you know, Star Wars and whatnot. And of course, he probably saw, yes, that's going to get more people behind it. But he, he didn't use it as a money grab. He saw it as more of a just a helping out type of thing. And I just, I feel like we don't see anything like that anymore. And they should have just Hasbro or whatever should have just eaten the fucking cost. And and so we could have an actual Garrett toy, you know, that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So Corey, what are your thoughts? Oh, I probably a lot of similar thoughts, uh, with, of Diallo, with Diallo, um, especially back in the day. Um, I was not a fan of, extreme things extreme, um, extreme. Uh, like i said the gi joe i hated the, the extreme gi joe i kind of lumped this into that category now 
I, I didn't, I don't have a problem with this art style. I'm probably, of the three of us, I'm the only one that doesn't have a problem with late 90s uh, Men in Black, The Tick. I, you guys have both mentioned you're, you're not the biggest fan of that art style. And it's because Diallo, you're so much younger than us. <laughs> that, but, but Diallo, I get what you're saying. Like, if there's that barrier for something, like you're just not into the art style, I get it. There's just like, because there's plenty of like comic book artists out there that are like, oh, this comic book's so great. But I'm like, I don't like the art style. I'm just not going to get into it. You know, I, I totally, I totally vibe with that. I get that. Um, but I didn't have a problem with this art style. I had more of a problem with the extreme factor and it was in 97. I had just graduated from high school. I was in community college at the time. I was, I mean, I was playing PS one. I mean, it was just, it was a different time for me. So I never really watched it. I assumed it was crappy. So I just also never watched it. It wasn't until, Years later, when I'm more, I became more involved in the Ghostbusters fandom, um, you know, listening to podcasts and all that kind of stuff. And then Extreme Ghostbusters would pop up, and whoever was talking about it, they would always say the caveat of, it's actually better than you think it is. And so, like I said, probably about six years ago or something, it was on Hulu. So I was like, let me just, let me burn through it. Let me watch all 40 episodes. And I was blown away by how, how good I thought it was. Um, I hadn't watched it since, so I've only really watched probably this episode twice i've only really watched the series once um it's interesting because kylie is in the idw comic series that is canonical after ghostbusters one two and and the video game it's canonical as as like after all of that and Ky they bring they brought kylie in because she was such a fan favorite of that cartoon um but she's different she doesn't look the same she's more of a nerd but she's still kylie yeah. griffin she's kind of like tough she's into occult stuff but she's not as tough as the kylie griffin from the cartoon she's a little bit softer um so essentially there are two versions of her um Diallo, I'll sort of ape what you said, and and I thought she looked cool. I thought she was like a, a very cool design character, probably my favorite looking character uh, of all th of all four of them. Um, I, w I I I didn't find uh, uh, Roland to be all that interesting. Maybe it was just the episode, but you know, having also watched the series, he also doesn't really you know stand out to me, um, and and that is a shame, unfortunately. Um, and I know what you mean. Like, it's like they overcompensate and then thus neutering him. You know what I mean? But this episode I thought was really cool. <laughs> Zach, I am going to fucking ruin the uh, Slimer joke because when they were all fucking like dealing with their, 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 you know, internal fears and everything, I just loved like after a while you sort of forgot Slimer's there and, and because they're all separated and then they cut to him and he's just doing that like high pitched girly scream and you're like, Oh my God, what is he scared of? And it's a plate of broccoli. <laughs> like, it was hilarious. I was like, that was good. Um, I kind of like how they resolved the ghost thing at the end that I yeah. don't, I don't want to give that away because I thought that was a fun little, you know, difference to it. Um, but like, I liked the, the, like their, I liked their gear. I like that their gear was different. You know, Kylie had this interesting ghost trap. Um, it also seems like she's the only one with the trap, whereas, you know, other people have other things. So it's not like they're all a carbon copy of each other. Where, you know, in, in the movie, a real Ghostbusters, they all have the same thing. They'll have a proton pack and they'll have a trap. They can all do the same thing. Whereas here, yeah. it really did feel like they had to be a team. Like, one person had some, uh, you know, gear. Kylie has the trap. They really have to work together. Um thought eduardo eduardo was a piece of shit 
um, with his soul patch. <laughs> <laughs> but I was also fucking blown away when he was like, just scream if you if you're in if you run into trouble. And fucking Kylie goes, I'm not a screamer. And I'm just I was like, oh, my God. Like that and is... then she screams and he goes, I thought you weren't a screamer. And they... <laughs> it was so sexual, man. It was so fucking sexual. Yeah. I was like, apparently oh my... it's it's it is that way throughout the entire series. Wow. That's I mean, that that's wild. Um, But like the also in the episode that we saw, like. It's not like they tried to hide stairs. Like, they had Garrett get downstairs. Even Garrett rescued Kylie um, while about going downstairs, like, carrying her down the stairs on his wheelchair yeah. and everything. It's I really liked what they did with Garrett. I thought that was really fucking cool. Um, you don't it, see that. No, no, you, you never see that. It just... I just wish they put that much effort into uh, Roland. You know, he, he definitely seemed like the, the weakest link out of all of them. But, um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was fun. If you've never seen it um, and you don't have a problem with the, the, the late 90s style of animation, then I, I suggest checking it out because it, it really is truly an extension of uh, of the of real Ghostbusters. It is yeah. a true sequel to the real Ghostbusters, and I think that it does a lot of things right. I think it does more things right than not, is, is yes. my takeaway. Take it. Take it, baby. Take it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, Diallo, but if the scream. episodes were were not on Crackle and they were, like, totally just, like, fully free and everything on YouTube, do you think uh, you would, w- without ads and everything, do you think you would dive into it, or do you, is it just one of those things you don't have the time for now? Yeah, I mean, I don't really have the time. It wasn't it wasn't the kind of thing that I was intrigued enough to like say I would want to watch more. Um and there there are animated shows that I like like that I haven't gotten to. So, yeah. I definitely, <laughs> you know, I like Camp Cretaceous, um Jurassic Park. I think that is an amazing show, but I'm so far behind. So, you know, it's like I wouldn't necessarily run to finish the show but at the same time if i were in some kind of situation where i had to watch more i wouldn't be opposed to it you know what i mean yeah so the payoff in camp cretaceous is totally worth it by the way if yeah. you can make it through well, it to the I, end I need it's to, totally worth it. i need to it's just i got sidetracked a long time ago and i need to get back to it because i that that cart cartoon whatever animated show is just uh whew, it was intense i was like this is it's a, intense is this it's a kid's pr- show <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. It's pretty terrifying, actually. Yeah. And to, and a connection with that is I just finished uh, Bodie and I just finished watching Adventure Time. We finished uh, season 10. Uh-huh. And one of the voice actors from Camp Cretaceous, uh, the, the, the guy who takes care of Lumpy, mm-hmm. uh, he's in Adventure Time in the last episode, his voice. Uh, but okay. man, and that's another series. The hoof. I got I cried at the end of Adventure Time. Uh-huh. I'm not not. Got, it was amazing. Amazing. Jenna so Jenna Ortega is in, is in camp. She's one of the voices I think for Camp Cretaceous yep. at Wednesday from uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think she was By also way, in that. This, look I think at she this was five head. That, oh, there's. <laughs> that's a, that, <laughs> is a that is a five head right there. Jeez. That is a hundred percent. She's five head. You know what? So she she play, she's she's a reporter, right? That'll give you nightmares. Yeah, she was also cult. <laughs> so in that ep- the the real Ghostbusters episode, she's that 
character look kind of looks like her and she's a reporter too right i just yeah yeah you're right i'm not gonna lie so i for those people that are that are like what the hell are they talking about i so i have a collection of the uh filmation ghostbuster figures but they're like the little pvc uh you know just rubber figures that don't move and it's it's like i think i have 12 of them down to the the female characters and i have the reporter and she has a just the sculpt is terrible it's, te- it's terrible head, it's, it's a nightmare it, <laughs> yeah it's a nightmare it's a mm-hmm. nightmare um and so i just showed Corey and dial they're like what the hell are we looking at because she has an enormous like forehead. it's like the cone head with a wig on <laughs> yeah. it basically it's like a cone head with the wig on top of the cone part you know <laughs> yeah yeah and what Diallo's referencing is interesting because she's a prominent character in the filmation series and then in that episode of uh real ghostbusters that we watched the reporter has a very similar likeness they're both redheads they're both kind of you know um uh, like strong writ strongly written uh characters so yeah i i don't know uh, what imitation is the sincerest form of flattery <laughs> there you go there you yet go. again with the ghostbusters so, so yeah. Bodie has not seen extreme yet right no he did in fact he he's watched it with me and he asked me to turn it off mm. and, because it's scary just the music is scary the sound effects the 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 eeriness of it they really this cartoon is i think geared towards a more mature audience yeah. i'd say 10 years old and i didn't want it came out in 97 i was 21 i was watching i think i i definitely was watching it uh not consistently you know come home from work or whatever and it'd be on yeah yeah <laughs> you come home from work i was working at funk fucking funko land at the time <laughs> oh my god god i was a, i was a mechanic i was i was a mechanic at the time jesus I think. christ 21 no no or i was working with autistic kids oh, i don't know that's better that, that's much better <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I, I have to go back but anyways yeah i'm glad we watched all three yeah me too for your birthday um uh, i think you know, Filmation, in my opinion, I know maybe we're starting to wrap up. Uh, Filmation, in my opinion, has all the feels, nostalgic vibes. I just love the I, – I, maybe it's because I met those guys. And, I'm, you know, both of you have met those guys that worked with Filmation. And it was so painstakingly hard for these animators to do what they did. You know, how many frames per second? That's how many film cells that they're drawing. It's insane what they had to do. So I have the utmost respect for those dudes, and maybe that's why I like it and appreciate it more. Real Ghostbusters is just, like, classic. And then Extreme Ghostbusters is, like, a pleasant surprise, in my opinion. It's, it's clearly like everyone my sa- opinion. Like <laughs> everyone says, it's, 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 it's better than you think it is, you know? Um, <laughs> Diallo, final thoughts on all three? Yeah, it, it, I loved uh, the real Ghostbusters. It's probably my favorite of the three. Um, and then I have, it's sort of like this nostalgia for watching the filmation Ghostbusters, even though it was, like I said, it was this kind of rote experience I have watching it where it just like it was on. I basically watched it for the transformation scenes and the theme music at the beginning and the end and i don't remember anything about the show other than that (laughs) um and then yeah an extreme like i said like i i'm just i'm just prejudiced against like that whole era of (laughs) of cartoons 
I think I was really start, you know, especially at that time, I was getting like anime was becoming more easy to watch. I think I was just kind of I was that's the direction I was going in at the time, and I I wasn't watching as much uh, of American stuff, so it's hard for me to really get into it. The vibe is a little aggressive, more aggressive than I like I want, yeah. and um, but I agree with that. but at the same time, it's it's actually. If you if anyone out there watches it you 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 will not be um disappointed i'll say that yeah yeah that that vibe I, i'm with you there man sometimes like eduardo like he's too aggressive like mm-hmm. I, I i i did get sometimes i was like longing for the more quaint times where you know ray ray may pick at peter but they're not gonna like they're not that aggressive to each other. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? This was, I think, trying to be more, quote-unquote, realistic, and it probably is more realistic as far as, like, how kids... And they're also supposed to be, like, high schoolers and, and, and coll- or early college kids, you know, type of thing. So they are supposed to be young. But there is a level of aggression there that I, I could feel it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it, it felt sharper like the animation like style itself, like the mm-hmm. rounded corners became more sharp, but also the vibe became more sharp. Yeah, it's a, it just it feels a little bit like they were trying too hard in that era, and it and it really kind of feels like you know it's like a bunch of middle aged guys like oh we gotta we gotta be edgy we've got to write edgy for these kids and so they they actually aren't edgy likely and so they're just kind of synthesizing what they think it is and they just went they just went way overboard. These are what those crazy Gen Xers are like now, you know. That's what, <laughs> I'm afraid no ghost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're all drinking fucking red bears and shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. uh, it, I mean, it's funny because, like, like, again, I don't have a lot of great things to say about it, but at the same time, like, if you actually watch it, you will, you will be like, oh, yeah, that's actually, it's yeah. actually pretty pretty decent yeah. yeah that that one character you have to admit that monster that kylie encounters is really gross in, yeah in a good yeah. way in a good way yeah, yeah. She's, she's not a screamer so <laughs> god I was, my ears perked i was like what the yeah fuck? i could not believe that like i my brain was going through all these like i'm processing it i was yeah, like wait I know. wait <laughs> It was wild. You and I had the same experience with it. Oh man! Th- thank you guys for doing this one with me. I I I loved watching all three of them. I love having an excuse, you know, to revisit real Ghostbusters. I love having an excuse to go and watch um, Ghostbusters and Extreme Ghostbusters. And I, you know, I already knew that I I liked Extreme Ghostbusters after that one viewing. But this one with with uh, Ghostbusters, Filmation's Ghostbusters, this was a big turning point for me. I've, I've never, I've never enjoyed that show. Um, but I, I <laughs> and I don't think, I don't think like having to watch the live action show before it is necessary. It was no. just a Corey thing. It just, it really sort of helped me get into it and sort of like understand it because all the concepts, there's so many things coming at you. There's alternate dimensions. There's time travel. There's future. There's past. It's 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 wild. There's robot ghosts like there's like so many things that you have to like sort of digest immediately and like kind of accept but like i'm watching it now and i'm like that's fun though it's all 
fun. Like, like I, I talk about it so much uh, on our show, whether it's Podcasting After Dark or TV Obscura. But when I was a kid, I wanted everything to be realistic and, and you know, just exactly like the movie and no humor. And now I get older and I want things to be zany and fun. Yeah. Just fucking make something fun. Fun, and I gotta give it to Ghostbusters, the filmation Ghostbusters. They made a fun cartoon. They aired on the side of fun over realism, and I gotta give them props for that. Um, Real Ghostbusters is always yeah. Primeval is fucking awesome. Primeval is, and he's designed great too. He looks fantastic. It's Alan Oppenheimer at his best. At his best, really. But it's Alan Oppenheimer, and he's really fun. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but real Ghostbusters, real Ghostbusters always has my heart. It's always going to be my favorite. And Extreme Ghostbusters, I think, is worth checking out. And I think it's a, a nice uh, extension of, of the real Ghostbusters. Why are you not an, uh, one of those Ghostbusters that goes around to like hospitals and shit and does? You know, you should be doing that yeah. because because I don't have the money to make one of those fucking proton packs. And yeah. and by the way, if I was going to do it, it would be a real Ghostbusters proton pack, which you actually see now at cons. People actually have the the real Ghostbusters packs now at cons and stuff. Those which... guys are cool. The, the, the community that mm-hmm. goes around and, you know. Uh, cosplays ghostbuster characters it's it's really neat what they do with kids and going to hospitals and schools and reading to kids Mm -hmm. it's it's i think it's a really cool little community i do too i i think uh, yeah the ghost heads community is is fan fucking tastic and uh i'm i'm so glad that i got to go to that ghostbusters thing at sony you know sony studios uh you know that one and only thing they had years ago that was fan fucking tastic i saw maurice uh lamarche there and dave coulier and everything and it was in and myra got her uh book signed by um um uh, Harold Ramis's daughter. I, I'm blanking on her name, um, but she got to meet her, and it was she was Violet Violet Ramis, and she was super sweet, and it was a great experience. I, I think the whole Ghostbusters community is just fantastic. So, and and guys and gals, there are so many podcasts out there that will dive deeper, deeper, deeper into all <laughs> three of these properties. You know, so there is a wealth of information out there. If you want to dive, you know, further into what the fuck uh, Q5 did to um to the real Ghostbusters, there are you know tons of of websites out there that you can go and and dive into so check all that out um but you know what while you're out there floating around on the twitter sphere why don't you check out something uh diallo's doing too what uh what you got going on these days can you talk about anything at the moment my friend um i guess one thing i can talk about is i have a brand new podcast aside from tv obscura it's the podcast you were always meant to do, right? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Uh, so it's uh, called Galactica Actually. Um, it's a you know a play on Galactica Actual, and it's about nerd. Battle- yeah, totally. <laughs> it's about uh, Battlestar Galactica, the remake show, the reimagined show from two thousand three on. Um, it debuted twenty years ago, which my brains exploding around that fuck are you fucking kidding me yeah dude so so diallo got me into Battlestar galactica and when you and i watched it when you got me into it i think it had it had just wrapped up or it just yeah it had just it it went off the air in 2009 so 
and we probably watched it around 2010 or 11 right around there yeah yeah like there's a lifetimes ago <laughs> there's a portlandia episode where they binge watch battlestar galactica and they're like stuck in their home for two days or something like that <laughs> it's like, awesome. we can't leave we can't leave yeah. it's hilarious i mean it's a great show mm-hmm. um yeah so it did, the miniseries debuted in 2003 and i just like i hadn't really realized that <laughs> i like kind of can't get over it but uh anyway we're i'm doing that my uh, co-host uh jamie smith we have covered the first we did cover the miniseries and episode 30 uh, episode title 33 and then next episode will be water so we're just doing an episode a week and uh we'll just keep keep cruising on through till we get to the end it's keep it's on th- keep on keep on dancing all through the night the silver platters yeah <laughs> Is 33 the episode where they would be attacked every 33 minutes? Yeah, every 33 minutes, oh, the Cylons fuck. show up and attack, and then they have to jump away. And it's so good. Yeah, so it's good. actually it's actually for the longest time I haven't looked recently, but it was listed as one of the best episodes of television ever. And um, yeah, it's it's been fun just kind of watching it. We're kind of doing it for funsies, but we're getting a really good. Uh, um lots of people are responding to it and um really want to i guess build a community around it um because a lot of people haven't talked about battlestar galactica in a while you know it's been been off so um people are coming back and remembering how great the show was and um jamie and i will sit and talk about it and uh that's what I can talk about right now. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's the first thing that pops up when you type it into iTunes and Spotify. I'm just going to say that. Right yeah, there yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I have like, again, you know, I've been I'll constantly working on stuff, but I uh, have some big stuff I'm doing like a couple days and stuff's happening. And um, just uh, I don't want to like debut it until it's like yeah. ready you know yeah um, no I, I i respect that dude like i said i always respect people that just that do it and don't talk about it you know so yeah. that's uh i'll and but guys and gals i'll put a link um in, in the show notes to uh galactica actually and i highly recommend checking it out and uh yeah. and you're gonna you plan on going through the whole thing right like a proper after show essentially yeah we're we're like every week we're yep. doing we're just nice. gonna go episode by episode and um it's just thinking about it, all right? Because like I listen, I have the, I have the soundtrack I listened to a billion times, and um, thinking about music from episodes that we haven't gotten to yet, and I just get all giddy, and I'm like, oh man, I can't wait till we get there because it's the show is just such a journey. It's like literal, it's literal, literal journey, but like from start to finish, and just knowing all the places and the ways it moves and the things it does i just can't wait to get to like later but we're like oh I'm g- <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're, we're only at episode three next <laughs> next week so um yeah a lot of good stuff ahead yeah uh, zach what you got going on buddy uh it's about halfway through february and uh, i know you dropped your um pretty woman and rock set episode on two dollar late fee yeah we are officially into season four of two dollar late fee and i'm not going to talk about march yet because martial art madness is going to be wild but stay tuned for that um yeah pretty woman rock set 
not your typical, I think people are like, well, why are you doing that movie? Why are you picking that song? Well, you have to listen to the episode to find out. It's Must not your typical episode. Love, it's a great it's episode. It's I'm like, not, I'm going to toot my own horn for a second, toot toot, and just say the discussion is hilarious. Uh, and it's the, it's the pre-episode <laughs> to our interview with but Laura Sangiacomo. It's where the water flows. Oh, that's <laughs> one of my favorite songs. I do that well, karaoke all dude, the time. You'll have to listen to the episode. Oh. It's controversial because, you know, on $2, we always talk about one song from the soundtrack. Uh-huh. And I came in hot with, oh, we got to talk about King of Wish. We got to talk about King of Wishful Thinking. Which is a great song, too. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, and you'll have, I mean, Dustin and I have a very. Um, healthy debate on <laughs> whether King of Wishful Thinking is a good song or not. I love that song. But uh, anyways, yeah, this is the pre-episode to our interview with Laura Sangiacomo. Uh, she doesn't do a lot of interviews, and she came on and talked very candidly about The Stand, Quigley Down Under. Man, she's got some shit to talk about with Quigley mm. Down Under, mm. and it's not all good. Um, and part of it, part partway through the interview, she's like, talking about Quigley, she goes, I mean, you could probably cut this if you want, because I just don't want anybody to be hurt by what I'm about to say. Mm. But we didn't cut so, it. Yeah, so he didn't cut it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So so we are hot. We're back to our normal two-episode-a-month uh, rotation, but then we go into March with one episode a week for the whole month. So uh, <laughs> fire it up. It's going to be good stuff. You tell Dustin, go west came up in the 80s but they found themselves in the 90s <laughs> i agree i agree yeah so uh, dustin dustin a has a song. very a great he song. has a very strong opinion about <laughs> king of wishful thinking i love that song and i'll leave it at that i, I do too but i also love rock set Ro- i yeah. i remember as a kid i bought that cassette i'm guessing um, at the time, I, I, I bought very little music as a kid. I wasn't a music kid, but I loved Roxette so much, and I had a big crush on, on her, too. R. Rest I, in peace. R.I.P. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P., yeah. Um, That's a but great yeah, I was, video, also. That's oh, my God. Just so loved it. Loved Roxette. I will, I will say the the whole soundtrack to Pretty Woman is it's a really, really soundtrack. good. soundtrack, yeah. And, spoiler, I never saw Pretty Woman up until maybe about a month or two ago when mm. I watched it for the first time. I only God watched damn. clips of it. And I think that's very common with a lot of dudes where if you're like, what's the point of watching a romantic comedy if you're, not, you know, the soundtrack is really, really solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're reminded how good Natalie Cole is. Yeah. Anyways, great Red Hot Chili Peppers are on that soundtrack. Great, solid soundtrack. So, yeah. Anyways, that's what we're up to. I'm done with my ramble rant. All right. King of Wishful Thinking. I, I love that movie, man. I watched that movie as a kid and I enjoyed it. I've what always liked you? Pretty Woman. Yeah, what song I've always Pretty Woman. Weird. What song does Natalie Cole sing on there? Wow, women do. And it won't forget it. I'm going to have to, as soon as we Dude, sign, as as we sign off, I'm <laughs> ready yeah. to the find well, the soundtrack. But of course, Corey loves it because Jason Alexander at the same time was dropping Seinfeld. And fun fact, <laughs> did you know on Seinfeld, Corey, you know this about Seinfeld and Pretty Woman Connection, right? Like what? What do you mean? 
Seinfeld had a VHS copy of Pretty Woman in his apartment. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and he was such a sleazy piece of shit in that, in that movie, too. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, he's yeah. great. It's Anyways. perfect. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So go, go check out that. Uh, go check out $2 Lefi. Go check out uh, Galactica, actually. Um, and by the time you listen to this, we will have dropped our uh, Carpenter Factor episode of this month. Uh, and we, were, we are talking about They Live and uh that was that's a that's a deep conversation we get into on that one it's gets a little political and whatnot which which we don't really do but i think that episode is kind of you know warranted and everything and it's it's organic do you get woke (laughs) you do i'm are you guys woke i like chris stapleton we woke up but i don't like that woke crap i'm joking by the way i know i know <laughs> i i, I if, if someone ever says to me they don't like woke crap i'm just like so you're an asshole then so you're just an asshole okay got yeah, it i love how howard stern says it he's like it woke is purely about caring about other people's feelings so if that's if that's what woke, i believe that's what woke is i care about other people's feelings yeah so Fuck yeah. it, I'm woke. Yeah, if you if you say you're against woke, that means you're a piece of shit in my book. Pretty much, Ugh, Robert Davi. So, um, <laughs> so go check out the They Live uh, episode on on the Carpenter Factor on Patreon. Zach and I are having a fun time over there. But it also means that we have to record Memoirs of an Invisible Man next. Oh, oh so we we might have hit a point where uh, <laughs> it dips for a little bit, but we will we will power through uh, for the rest of the year because we still have Ghosts of Mars ahead of us. We still have Escape from L.A. ahead of us, but we also have In the Mouth of Madness ahead of us, which I've heard nothing but good things, and I'm very excited. Village of the Damned, Village Vi- of the Damned. Village of the Damned. So we, we have some good stuff. Ghost of Mars, <laughs> not so good. But, the Ward, uh, and that's where yeah, it'll end with the Ward. So yeah, so go check out uh, go check out the Carpenter Factor on Patreon. We appreciate all the love and support uh, you guys give us, and we appreciate all the love and support that you guys give two dollar Lefe and in Diallo's projects as well. So yeah. you know, and and obviously we we say it all the time. You know, times are tough. We get it. If you can't support us or the other shows on Patreon, a free way. To help out us, to help out $2 late fee, help out uh, Galactica. Actually, any podcast you listen to, go leave a five-star review on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you're liking what the what they're doing and you can't support them on Patreon, leave a five-star review. They they really do help. Don't think it's it's not noticed. You know what I mean? The, it's very important to get those five-star reviews. So It's important. You. It is. And, and thank you all so much for everyone who's left us, you know, five-star reviews and everything. So... We'll see you guys next month. Uh, we'll probably get back to a live action uh, show. Um, I actually uh, have a note going on here of, of, of all the ones we've discussed, um, you know, uh, just organically via episodes and stuff like that. So in pairings and whatnot. So I'll uh, I'll shoot it to the guys. But next month will be a live action show. So those are always fun and love doing them. And as always, catch you on the obscure side. So say we all. Be sure to subscribe to Podcasting After Dark and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Support Podcasting After Dark on Patreon. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcasting After Dark. 
and visit us next time for another installment of Podcasting After Dark with Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it.